to another exciting edition of Georgia Wrestling History TV Talk on the Georgia Wrestling History News Network. I'm Kenny J sitting here with John Stoney Cannon. What? You mean we're not here to commentate Wrestle War 89? Well, no, because that's already happened and somebody else is already commentating it. <laughs> We've also got Will Wheeler. Yo, yo, yo. Elite 8, baby. Heading head there. Gainesville. Be ready. And Mike Garrett. What up? And Mr.'s roaming the house somewhere. He's roaming the house. All right, all right. What, so what, we're what, um, what, what, where's your next game? Gainesville, Georgia. Wow, at Gainesville High. Uh, up there, getting toward uh, AJ's home. That's right. I don't. I wonder if he'll attend. I wouldn't. Nah, I doubt he won't be at the game. He'll be on SmackDown. If, I there. bet if his kid was playing, he would. All right. So as Tony uh, said, uh, this is uh, you said Wrestle War '89. Yep. Right on. Oh right, wait, hold on. Central time, but it was amazing in itself that they did that. Yeah, it could be. That's right, Tennessee is. Uh, it depends on which part of Tennessee. Yeah, sure, I think Central they're time. above Alabama, Georgia line, they're on. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 And Memphis is up. No, Nashville could be. Yeah, Nashville is Central time. Nashville is definitely on Central time. Yeah. Yes, that's why it makes sense. Been there. <laughs> well, then they had uh, less hour to get to Georgia, so that's an even bigger feat. Yeah, yeah exactly. They lost no, definitely. Tonight. They, they killed lost it, tonight. so. Oh, the great mood in the junkyard, dog. All right, yeah, and you guys will find out in a minute why we, uh, why our viewing pleasure is Wrestle War '89 today. As we sit around, all of us with phones in our hands, hey, you got to work, right? Yep. Just because we're taping a podcast doesn't mean we don't have to work. So yep. you know what? Uh, Will's over here, like fielding calls, I guess you know from his ball players. Mike's over here, mm-hmm. probably. Booking shows. I'm actually looking some, at the sheet some. for today. Oh, I did okay. <laughs> By the time this is airs tomorrow, we'll have announced it. So I did do a book a Super Bob show Thursday, March 29th. Didn't you just have a Super Bob show? You they haven't been in two it. years. 
Wait, that's what was the game you used to? Oh, okay. I, yeah, you were like, hey, this, I get guys. confused by those bands. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. That dude, uh, John Busby, whenever I uh, put Scott Terry on the list, I wanted him to hear Ephraim Ferguson, the guitar player from Kellen Heller, who was amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, Scott uh, posted on there. He was like, heck, I'll even share it for you. You know, thank you for that. And so he shared it. And then uh, John Busby was like, gosh, them again? I was like, well, they haven't played since the day before Atlanta lost the Super Bowl. Is that too soon? (laughs) What what the fuck? Whoa. But, yeah, Super Bowl's coming. And I'm having another show with the debut of another local band, Two Hands. And after the show, I'll tell you who's in that band. You'll know. Now, do they each have two hands? Or is it like (laughs) two guys with one hand each? I'm not sure. But the the way the band logo, the name logo is kind of... Old vinyl style. It's really cool. All right. I'll show it to you cool, later cool. on. Really Somewhere cool. down the line, you're going to have to have the debut of uh, one of your shows of Dirty Rock Scars. Is that you? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I'm doing shows now. I'm, I'm so, getting back into it. Tuesday, going to the doctor, get that blood pressure taken care of, so I'm back. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. A new lease on life. There you go. Maybe you and I will have something in common other than music. That's <laughs> Blood I had pressure to, medicine. I had to leave the, I had to leave <laughs> I the flea market today. Just started feeling bad. And it was blood pressure. I was oh, like, shit. Yeah. So that'll be behind me. But what's it like on the blood pressure medicine? Does it suck or? No. I just take a pill in the morning and a half a pill at night. And, and then so. you don't freak out during the day? You yeah, your I'm head good. doesn't feel like it's exploding? No, no. I mean, I mean, I'll have those days sometimes where, you know, I'll feel warm and flush and I'll know it's my... But I just stayed chill. I drank some water. Uh, cool. Not too much sodium. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I was put on some blood pressure back. I mean, uh, it, it, it was uh, it was nothing. It was just I went about my day, and I mean, it doesn't do anything really noticeable other than I guess help your blood. Pressure I've been running out. for about a year and a half at about one sixty over one ten. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty hot. Yeah, that's pretty hot to be running pretty on every day. That kind of lead to heart. I don't think that match is over. <laughs> Cool. Wow, see, how many shows can you, like, uh, tune in to listen to fans talk about wrestling and the whole first part of the show be about... Blood pressure medicine. Blood pressure medicine. So, but you know... That's why we're different than other podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. You gotta make sure you take care of yourself so you can live longer and watch more wrestling. Well, this is Georgia Wrestling History, and there are a lot of people that participate in Georgia Wrestling History that are our age or older. A lot of fans that are our age and older. So, um, hey, they probably a lot of a lot of the guys and gals out there that listen to these shows can relate to the whole blood pressure. Yeah, exactly. Thing, you know, so hey, and blood pressure un untreated can ruins you of your robs you of your daily life. Yeah, well, it, and, it, it, and, it, and it can lead to other thing that's other things that some men our age encounter. Mm-hmm. I don't, and that would be you know. Lint biscuit. I heard yeah. so the blood pressure medicine might do that to me, and that's yeah. not. I was like, what? No. I don't know. It doesn't do it to me, but I mean, they didn't get okay. it. Okay. Um, the wind I mean, blows. I'm Burley, right? <laughs> I'm Burley, so so none, none of us are as manly as, as Will over there, you know. This <clears throat> is the paleo man. I would say he's sports. the body of health, but that's just a bad juju thing. Somebody <laughs> next day he'll be passing a stone and can't do this oh, fucking podcast God. next week. True. All right. So, so we guess, got this week. Um, we got a, a lot of great birthdays. Um, yeah. 
as, uh, we got a hell as, of a list here. As in comparison to usually a lot of not great birthdays, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, some weeks we, we, we get a lot of folks who, you know, they, don't, they don't, haven't stood, uh, stood out as much. Yeah, we have to ask Will who ever won on Yeah, that's how it goes some weeks. But, well, but uh, even week, the ones we know, it's always nice to ask to wait to see what Will says about yeah, it. Cause, yeah, because... He's got his little little snippets he throws in there. You know, like the first one we have, I mean, I think we all pretty much know about it, but you know he's going to throw in something in there that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I so say his name. Uh, I'm not sure if I know who the fuck he is. He has a catchphrase. <laughs> Does he have a daughter that wrestles? He might. <clears throat> he's got to say, he's had a couple, he may have had a couple of second generation wrestlers. Three of them, in fact. Oh, wow. Is that the guy that says he Owl was, a lot? Uh, he was on uh, the it, it starts with a W and then the, the, oh, the first uh, letter backwards. It. Okay, Ow, yes. woo, woo, woo. Okay, yeah. yeah I like, think it's woo. Yeah. Woo, woo. Yeah, it's like exactly. trembles. The trembles a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. And, a lot. He, and he, he, he has a that singer. Can you woo, woo, woo? <laughs> <laughs> and he stripped. I think this guy stripped to his underwear one time and dropped an elbow on his underwear. Once, just oh, once. Yeah. On, on, on dozens his jacket, of times. On his jacket. Oh, yeah. Is that. Is that yeah. it, was, it, was a, it was an article of clothing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or probably dropped an elbow. Let's just hope he's never stripped under his underwear and dropped elbows on his kids. Yeah. That'd oh, be kind of weird. That'd be weird. Well, he dropped an yeah. elbow on the earth in 75. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right out the sky. Really? Well, that's that's okay because Sid Vicious has done the entire universe. So. <laughs> he rules the world. He rules the world. It's I don't know, man. When you do an elbow drop and a leg drop like Flair did from a crashing plane and then go on for the, the same career, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Sid Vicious. Did but, y'all uh, see the post? <laughs> so I guess we kind of revealed who, like, who we're kicking off the birthdays with. Yep. So if you're listening to this on Sunday, the day it goes up, 25th, today is... Rick Flair's birthday. Woo! The Nature Boy. Yep. Five thousand dollar shoes, ten thousand dollar watch, and every woman has ridden Space Mountain, baby. That's right. Got more money and spilled liquor. Diamonds are forever, but the four horsemen aren't. <laughs> yeah, that's right, baby. Let's see. We got Sean O'Hare, former WCW tag champ. Yep. Maria Canellas. Expected mother. God. Oh. We've got the party manimal, Zane Riley. Yeah. He runs around in uh, indie circuits. Yep. we got Steve Lewington. A lot of on the uh, 25th there. Yes. All right, tomorrow, Monday the 26th, we've got James Mitchell. The Sinister Minister from ECW. And Nina Monet. I'm not familiar. And then Tuesday the 27th, we got Bill White. And Pretty Boy Floyd. Love the first three albums. And I That's might, right. I might <laughs> add, I want to add, my, my gal pal, Leslie's birthday as well. Happy birthday. birthday. Yep. Right on. Pretty Boy Floyd, Floyd and her. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That would be Monday. Sorry. Monday. See, see I'm, already, I'm already a bad friend, right? Damn. So. Yeah, the 26th then. Yeah, no, no. It would be Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> Make up your mind. Dude. Make up your mind. No, I'll give her t- both days. That's there you go. That's the day's even better. Yeah. Double birthdays. Awesome. Oh, look! There he is. There he is. He's a jet plane crashing, <laughs> knee dropping, <laughs> son of a mother. Best road. Liquor man. drinking. <laughs> uh, buys everybody's drinks. Tobacco spitting. Right now he's like, Steamboat! I'm going to take your iguana! Did you just say Steamboat? Because on the 28th, Ricky Steamboat celebrates a birthday. There you go. And I'm going to steal your cake. Woo! 
That's right. <laughs> we also got on the 28th, is that Steve Prazak? Prazak? Um, it was a promoter guy in R and the RH, ROH. It's original founder of ROH. Yeah, Prazak. All right. And then Norman Smiley. Norman Smiley. Oh, yeah. Good the big, w- big Wiggle. Big Wiggle, and he is a trainer at the Performance Center. He is. He's a damn good one, too. He trained, uh, what's her name, the last Australian Lassie? What's her name? Becky Lynch. There you go. All right. And Dion Johnson. Big South Carolina wrestler. And Lance Hoyt. Part of the Killer Elite Squad with uh, David Boy Smith Jr. And it is uh, not a leap year, so we are jumping to March 1st. And on March 1st, we got Ricky Hunter. Here we go. Yep. Shikanan Al-Casey. Also known as Billy White Wolf. There Colonel you go. Adnan. And, and legitimately, he's a legit, he was a legit Iraqi. And he was actually a bodyguard for Saddam Hussein. Oh, man. Oh, all right. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of birthdays on this day. Let's see. Booker T. On the Sucker! Five time. Five time. WCW World Champion. I run Reality of Wrestling in Houston. And I had a uh, fake beef with Corey Grace. <laughs> All right, Scotty Riggs. The clap. DJ, and he lives in Hilton Head. Sorry, DJ Hyde. Uh, CCW uh, mainstay, one of the original promoter creators of it in CCW, and he's done some South stuff. And then we got Davey Richards. Pretty good talent. Uh, mm. Really hot wife. <laughs> All right. Speaking of. Number two, or March 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> March 2nd, Deborah Marshall. Uh, University of the University of Alabama with a master's degree. Uh, I'm not gonna say it. Roll Tide, Deborah. <laughs> All right, and also we've got Manami Toyota. Manami Toyota. Japanese female wrestler. Making the cause. And on March third, Fred Avery. The, uh, the the Fred stands alone. And he was a. I believe he was a. He played a part in a. He was a promoter for a town in Georgia. Well, there's a lot of towns in Georgia. There you go. One of those spot show towns. All right. Well, we uh, we we, we only have one gal. Was only one gal this week? It's about three or four, actually. Yeah, really? There's a few in the first, mm-hmm. yeah. On the first day and the second. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, gee, I don't know if I want to send Maria. Well, I don't know if we send Maria Canales. They'll get her out of our hair for a while. Hey, I'll take a break. What about Zane Riley? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Send Zane Riley out to do the lap dance? Yeah. That's for the women. Why not, man? He's a, he's a party man. I don't know. Are we going to send somebody off our birthday list to do the thing? Or are we just going to pick a random female wrestler and send her out to do the the, the, the lap dance this week? I can do the Maria Prego dance. Okay. Yeah. yeah that Pregos need love, too. All yeah, right. Dude. All right. Well. Along with, with the holding the baby in there. Can't get her pregnant. That is true. <laughs> there you go. So, Mike already did the Mike job. With the logic. Good job, Mike. We love you for getting her pregnant. Oh, so we don't have to worry about it. Okay. There you go. And, and if she turns the right way, it'd be like a little belly to belly. <laughs> right, so. uh, just, just, hey, just pray the, that the baby's not born during the lap dance. <laughs> and that could be, well, hey, you could be the godfather. So whoever the lap dance recipient is at the top. You don't have to pay hey, extra hey, for the be, water breakage. Hey, that'll be, that'll be, I got a pocket knife. I, I can cut the cord for you. It'll be like musical chairs. You know, like wherever the water breaks, that's the godfather, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, All right, well, happy birthday and uh, merry lap dance. There you go. 
So, <laughs> all of our wrestlers. Oh, man. Well, I guess uh, as we uh, move further into the show uh, here, our history is going to tie in with um, Wrestle Wars that we're watching up here. So, uh, Stone is going to kick us off with some history. All right. 28 years ago, Kenny. On February 25th, the day the show comes out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. NWA in association with WCW, that's uh, two names that you always see associated, obviously, presented Russell War 90 Wild Thing from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, the legendary Greensboro Coliseum. On the card, Kevin Sullivan and one of my favorite wrestlers, Buzz Sawyer, defeated the dynamic dude Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace. Oh, the Dynamic Duds and uh, John Laurinaitis. There you go. Uh, Norman the Lunatic defeated Katniss Jack. Bang, bang. And, and here, how's, how's this for some of our favorite rivalries? The Rock and Roll Express, Ricky and Robert, defeated the Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane version of the Midnight Express. You bet they did. Oh, yeah. wow. And that probably drew 35% of the money overall. I don't know. Check it was this probably out. the best match on the card. Check I this don't out. know. The next one is pretty good. Uh-huh. The Road Warriors Hawking Animal defeated the Sky Mass Skyscraper. Skyscraper and Neymar Callis in yep. a Chicago street fight. Mm. Man, Neymar Callis. I, I vaguely remember that guy. Nobody appreciated it at the time. I mean, but looking back. Yeah, look what look happened. Look shit. what happened uh, later that year. He goes up north and then it just creates. A barnstorm phenom that we cannot stop talking about today. There you go. I mean, a street fight. I mean, come on. There you go. Here, here's a, here's a one. We have a, a couple of uh, WWE Hall of Famers uh, and a couple of uh, late legendary wrestlers. We have Brian Pillman and Tom Zink defeated the Freebirds, as in this version, Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes, to retain the NWA U.S. Tag Team Championship. Rest in Isn't peace. Michael Hayes up there on the TV? That was not probably right, good. Not right this second. That was probably pretty good. He's going to be yeah, in this probably, show. That's probably a great one. And talk yeah. about another... Another, I mean, what, what was this? This was a night of great tag team action. Oh, yes. Yes, I mean, the Steiner Brothers, Rick and Scott, yeah. over Arn Anderson and Ole Anderson... To retain the NWA World Tag Team Championship. And that wow. match wasn't their best match. They've had some other matches that were just... I don't know what the fuck happened. But I so think. far, an amazing card, right? Oh, oh, we, we stopped there. There we, are. there we Don't we got one more match? Oh, wait a minute. And Ric Flair carries... I mean, defeats Lex Luger by countout to retain the NWA Heavyweight Championship. He probably kind of did. afterthought. He probably did carry that. He probably did carry it. Hey, man. And the fans were legit pissed. Like, the, the whole way the main <laughs> match ended. They were like, what the fuck? Like, those old school fans, they were not. They were probably throwing D-cell batteries. Well, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But the good part is, is for the most part, a great event. Yeah. yeah. From top to bottom, even with the last match. But as long as you have, as long as you have Ric Flair though there to to carry the match, yeah, Um, still ending on the countout. I mean, come on, come on, and let's be honest, right? Okay, so so Will, give me worst wrestler ever. Oh gosh, I don't even know. There's there's too many to to count. Um, I'm talking about the I mean, if you heard on Cornette Experience, I might say his mud hole wrestling. He he mentioned on the Cornette Experience. That's some bad wrestling. Okay, well let's. Listen, you could put any of the bad wrestling in with Ric Flair, and Ric Flair will make it like a top-notch match, right? 
Oh yeah, Rick Larry was wrong. So I mean, so Lex Luger at least is a little bit better than the worst wrestling on the face of the planet, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So all right, I put, we'll see. I put him with New Jack, like as far as wrestling skill and ability and shit. Well, you know, then again, I mean, just make sure you get tested I mean, for hepatitis. New Jack's gimmick was not being an in-ring technician by no. any stretch of the imagination, but I mean, oh man, you would think he would know a few more moves. To be as popular as he was, but God bless him. Well, I don't know. I mean, Hulk Hogan, you like three moves. Three? What yeah. was the third? So, we'll hook up. Okay, right on. So, that is a move. You kind of have to do. include, like, punching and stuff. Ripping his shirt. <laughs> yeah, ripping yeah. his shirt. Yeah. What about that? Is that a move? That raises, there you go. That's a move. His, his have you seen the video interviews? I mean, this is probably an older one. It's an English guy with a beard. And I saw, he, I saw he interviewed Hulk Hogan... And he interviewed Steve Austin right after that. These are YouTube interviews. Uh, English guy. Really, really good stuff. I will look it up. Um, two of the best interviews I've ever seen, video interviews. So the Steve Austin one is um, hilarious. Steve Austin is just like dropping the F-bomb. I know what you're talking about. I'm saying that. Hilarious. I know what you're talking about. Or he's making fun of WCW and uh, WWE back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah I've so. seen that. All right, so um, speaking of uh, Atlanta, we were talking about Atlanta earlier with races and stuff coming up. Will's going to go to Atlanta. Oh, yeah, 36 years ago, February 28th in, in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Omni. You weren't even born yet. No. Nope. Arn Anderson and Stan Hansen defeated Jack and Jerry Briscoe in the finals of a one-night tournament oh. to win the vacated NWA World Tag Team Championship. The title was vacated when Ole's original partner, Gene Anderson, was injured back in October and Ole was forced to give up his half of the title two months later. Where was he injured at? It was in North Carolina. Because it, and this time is the only so time that they took the mid Carolina. Mid-Atlantic NWA titles to another territory to win it. And that time, this was the first inter-territory title change at the mm-hmm. time. Hey, before he goes on with his part in these, I, I want to say this to all you other podcasts out there. He's ours, man. <laughs> this guy Will is ours. He can pull anything out of his ass at any given moment, which means we win the championship every time. Go on, Will. Okay. And then 32 years ago, on February 28th in Houston, Texas, Dick Slater, he probably was banging Dark Journey, had defeated Jake Roberts to win the Mid-South <laughs> Television Championship, which was a medal. He would be the last to hold the title before the name change a few weeks later when Mid-South became the Universal Wrestling Federation. And on the and the 29 years ago, on February 28th, at a World Championship Wrestling TV taping in Columbia, South Carolina, Rick Steiner and Eddie Gilbert defeated Kevin Sullivan and Steve Williams to win the NWA United States Tag Team Championship, a.k.a. the Red-Headed Stepchild Tag Team Titles. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Steve. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You were talking about medal for the, the Mid-South. Yeah. Well, that's not as cool as Memphis when they wrestled for the T actual television. Even better. And I it, totally it, forgot it, about it, that. Who was it? Was it um, um, Boogie, was it Boogie Woogie Man that yep. got pissed because yeah. uh, Boogie Woogie Man dude and he favorites. smashed the TV? Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my favorites. Steve, what you're about to read, I have the ticket stub in a Philly Blunt cigar box in my office back there from this. Whoa. <laughs> nice. You were probably, what, fucking four? Young guys. Let's see, 25 years ago? Yeah, well, six, seven. Oh, shit. 25 <laughs> years ago, on March 2nd, at a WCW Worldwide taping in Macon. Macon! Georgia, 
the Hollywood Blondes and Brian Pillman and Steve Austin defeated Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. The match aired on tape. Delay. What happened? What's the grammar in this? The, the match, match airs on, on tape. Delay 25 days later. Okay. Yeah, that was when uh, yeah Steve Austin was uh, he had hair. Mm-hmm. Yep, a lot of it. It's the Hollywood Blondes. Yeah, that's right. Very underrated tag team. Also on the taping in Macon, Georgia, Paul Orndorff defeated Eric Watts in a tournament final to win the WCW World Television Championship. The match also airs on tape delay on WCW Power Hour 25 days later. The title was vacated back in November when then-champion Scott Steiner left for the WWF. An interesting little nugget, future world champions Cactus Jack, Vinny Vegas, Chris Benoit, and Robbie V5? V. Robbie V. Were all part of the 16-man tournament, and even crazier coincidence... Both the Hollywood Blondes and Paul Orndorff would lose their championships on the same day. Clash of the Champions 24 on August 18th, the Blondes to Arn Anderson and Paul Roma and Orndorff, Orndorff to Steamboat. You know, you know, the bad part of that coincidence is that anybody lost anything to the anybody Paul involving Roma. Paul Roma, did, yes. Did y'all hear uh, this podcast that was brought back up from Flair from... I think it was September, but somebody re-aired it on their podcast this week, and it was how he said that, like, one of the times he, like, physically got ill was when the creative put Paul Roma in the Four Horsemen. <laughs> he said he really didn't like Sid, like, Sid Vicious, and I had forgot Sid was in there, mm-hmm. but um, he was like, man, Paul Roma was just like, I was ready to go. Okay. <laughs> All right, 21 years ago today, you were probably 12, 13, thing. 11 damn, damn. <laughs> so March 3rd 21 years ago WCW presented Nitro from the Omni in Atlanta Georgia. Atlanta 21 years ago that's hard to believe I thought the Omni was blown up that's right around the time it was blown up yeah 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 of uh, note this would be the last ever event hosted by the home arena of WCW and its two spiritual predecessors in Jim Crockett promotion and Georgia Championship Wrestling the building also played host to WWF events, but most notably, the building hosted the first War Games match in '87 and first and four Starcade events, co-hosting in '85 and '86, and solely hosting in '89 and '92. The Omni would be torn down in July 1999, just four months after the show aired, and would be replaced by the Phillips Arena. The building opened in September 1999. I, I remember this very vividly. Uh, in a pre-show dark match, Ernest Miller defeated Yuji Nagata. The Dungeon of Doom, Conan and Hugh Morris defeated the Four Horsemen, Jeff Jarrett and Steve McMichael. Your favorite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Jeff Jarrett isn't really... WWE Hall of Famer Jeff Jarrett. I never think of Four Horsemen when I think of Jeff Jarrett. Never. No. Ever. Um, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP, defeated Rick Fuller. Juventud Guerrero defeated Ray Mendoza Jr., uh, Dean Malenko defeated Mike Enos. Is that right? Yep. Enos. Eddie Guerrero defeated the Ultimo Dragon. Scotty Riggs defeated Michael Wall Street via disqualification, as most of his matches around that time. Rey Mysterio Jr. defeated Mr. JL. Jerry Lynn. Yeah. Lex Luger and the Giant fought the Steiner Brothers to a no contest. And to talk underdogs to lead... To break, and I'm reading notes. Um, back up here to the uh, 
the one about the Omni and everything. I went to the last ever event actually held there, which was an Outcast concert, which are from Atlanta. Yeah. And that was also that at that event they were trying to promote that soft drink called Surge. Do y'all remember? Oh, that? oh yeah. Gosh, yes. They were handing it out free. So like I drove all the way back to Lawrence County from I seventy five to Macon to I sixteen and like never blinked. I can imagine. Wow. But I just remember the Omni was always good. I saw new kids on the block at the Omni. Just to just to be completely honest, and take my man card. Ozzy with Randy Rhodes, like two three days before Randy right, Rhodes damn. died. Damn. Oh wow, dude! Damn, yep. I never saw nothing that cool at the Omni. I was yep. And when I was a student at Westside, my school Westside, we played a game against Butler at the Omni, and we got to see a Hawks game for free afterwards. We could do a whole podcast on the Omni. That the Omni was amazing. It was. For all kinds of stuff. Oh, but doubt. wrestling, it, there's a lot of historic yep. events, not just matches. I was going to say matches. Events that took place there. Way more than I mentioned. Yep, yep. Way more. Great concert. So, uh, two nights of ACDC for those about to rock tour when I lived in Atlanta. Yeah. I was uh, I managed to get hooked up with hawking shirts, going up and down aisles hawking shirts, and got asked to work the next night. Came in the next night, they decided not to hawk the shirts out in in the uh, venue, which you can watch while you're hawking shirts if you're walking. So I got paid the second night. Probably wasn't wasn't much of anything to just kind of like do whatever I wanted the second night. So it's kind of like a. The year that uh, I, I was hired by Mr. and Mrs. Temps to work uh, one of the early WWF events down at the thing, got down nice. there, and they were like, you don't need to. So I sat there as they, we, they had the walkway. I was about, I, you know, when you're sitting about eye level, and we were talking about that one show where Hulk came down, and then like El Gigante walked, and I'm sitting there just looking up at El Gigante thinking, holy crap. Yeah. That's but crazy. Omni, oh my God, the legendary! Omni and man, that is a big part. Speaking of Georgia wrestling history, that is a big part of it, right? Yeah, Macon has a mm-hmm. big part, but the Omni in Atlanta. And one of the main reasons they built the Omni was for wrestling. Yeah. Oh yeah, I miss Georgia, man. When the um, what year was the Omni built? Will like seventy three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was around for a while. So I do, uh, I do remember. Um, and Phillips Arena was built. Phillips Arena's been great too. It's a mm. great place. Um, it's had like a couple WrestleMania, Survivor Series. Uh, God, we've had a Super Bowl. We've had everything you could want to have there. But they're about to take it down and do another one. They're planning on it. Got a new dome now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Oops. nice. The Mercedes. But back to the good shit. Do y'all have y'all ever stayed in the Omni Hotel? Yes, it's awesome, yes. man. It's awesome. So many stories from that bu- that building too, and it's pretty much can be considered the same building. Yeah, but man, just good. I, I wish I wish I would have stayed there um, when Jesse Springsteen, but it was like not exactly the best time for me. Yeah. So I really wasn't thinking about where we were going to stay, but did get to stay there. You know, go to this what the CNN Center. Yeah, well, that's the, part, yeah, the, the Olympic Park yeah. across the street. Yada yada yada. So. I wonder what they play on the side of the CNN Center, the back side where the two way streets go. Now that there's no wrestling, because back when you used to ride by it, when it was Turner's name was at the bottom, all you seen was the highlights of WCW wrestling. Hmm. Like you just seen men bigger than the, four times as big as this wall body slamming each other in like a commercial promo. Nice. That sounds awesome. Well, speaking of commercials and promos, I guess we'd better uh, take a station break here. 
So yeah. we will uh, see you guys here in just a minute. Enjoy whatever we slide in here for and, ads. And stick around because we are going to, when we come back, Will is going to lead us in a discussion about two of our birthday boys and one of the greatest rivalries of all time. And we are going to talk about underdogs. So stick around. Yeah. Okay, Steamboat, showtime. Two weeks from tomorrow, pal. I can see it now. The nature boy going to bring every good-looking woman from all points of this land. The Stouffer's Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee, going to be the site of the grandest victory party of all time. Because you see, on May 7th, Ric Flair, six times. Think about it. Six times, Steamboat. Yes, my friend. Woo! You are the man. And yes, my friend, you did beat the man. But now, pal, the heat's on. Two weeks from tomorrow, buddy, you've got to walk that aisle. And in the back of your mind, pal, you know this time it's my last chance. And I won't be denied. Two weeks from tomorrow, Steamboat, you're going to be mine! Woo! Wrestling fans, you don't think that I know what I'm up against. A man like Ric Flair coming after this championship belt for the last chance in Nashville on May the 7th. You don't think that my back is up against the wall knowing that this man is probably going to finish his career if he doesn't get this championship belt back. The pressure is on me. I've got to prove myself once again. The competition is knocking down the doors. Everybody wants a chance at Ricky Steamboat. Everybody wants a chance and they think that they can beat the Dragon. Well, Ric Flair, all these heavy duty competitors around the world that are after me have put my back up against the wall once again. This is why this is going to be your last chance. Chicago was a day for me. New Orleans was a day for me. But we're coming down to May 7th here in Nashville. Me, my family, you, coming back for the last... Guess how old was Hayes? And we're back in a world where apparently there are slushies that taste like Red Hot's candies, according to uh, Justin. Really? Yeah. Wow, man. He tends to go around and do little hot foods challenges, so I guess today he's going to try a Red Hot Slushy. Nice. Oh, dude. Oh, do you mean Justin from um, from the Veet? Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Sweet. Oh, okay. Yeah. We need to film it. Yeah, I think that's, I think it, I think he's a crystal. Oh, you can tell him, like, to wait. If we, if we can't <laughs> film him, we'll tell him to film it and post it. Yeah, yeah, for real. And oh, we he's do. probably going to. He, he has his own. Well, there you, you know, I, I'm sorry, you know, when I think of slushies, you know what I think about? I think about going to the Roses over there where the big car place is by CC's now. Uh-huh. Remember the old Roses? Yeah. And uh-huh. you could, when you walked out, they had, like, the snack bar counter with the big ices and slushies, and you can get, like, the cup, mm-hmm. the plastic cups with the WWF. Yeah, WCW guys on it. You can get either Coke or was the it Coke or Cherry? Yeah, Coke, Coke and Cherry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have I have one like one of my my like youngest memories is from when we had a Seven Eleven. Youngest memory is from like, yeah. like five years ago. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. On, on like Bel Air Road, I think, 
And they were in people got slushies there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Belly Road. Road. That's uh, where the State Farm is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I remember walking up to that. Yeah. Never mind. Is it a real slushie? Because when I was yeah, a kid, well, they had real slushies. Well, ever since was it slushies or ices, it's, 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 it's both slush puppy and icy man. Yeah. See, ices they don't taste as good as a slush puppy. So yeah. a blue raspberry slush puppy. Oh, shit, but yeah, nowadays yeah. a slush puppy is not the old dog that was on it when I was a kid. And you hit the little mixture. Now it's something else, and it tastes like shit. Man. Yeah, whatever. The, I don't know. They do like Kool Aid, super great. Yeah, if you yeah, go into the machine spinning and you can see it, it ain't the stuff that. There you go. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I used to on a, on Naked Breaks. I used to walk. Over. <laughs> nice, <laughs> Jesus. Know. So what a visual. So that's probably like after like one of those times when. Uh, Somebody we all know in this room was brought into the world, probably. I guess. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had to have been before four Back years. Back when Paul had hair. So, there you go. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's get back Free to skull. wrestling. Yeah. So. Free let's, 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 Y'all never knew he managed the Usos, did you? Uh, <laughs> that's right, baby. Uh, that's right. Well, let's see. Mr. Will over here, he's going to uh, kind of lead us in a discussion about some of our birthday boys. All right. First off, we're going to birthday boys. Wait, 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 where's that list at? It's on all of our phones. Yeah, that thing. You put a passcode on your phone, man. What are you hiding? Who? Dude, I, I put one on mine because some dude at work was like going through people's phones. Where's your phone nice. while you're at work? And on the back desk where it used to have to be. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but that in the car. Mm. Norman Smiley, is that who we're talking about? Um, not quite. Scotty Riggs? No, no, no. Oh man, what's better than Scotty Riggs? Ricky Steamboat. What? It is a it's a Rick. Yes, there's two. There's another Rick. There's two Ricks we're gonna be talking wow, about. Wow, some Ricks. Wait a minute, let me see. Ricky Steamboat. Had a match against Chris Jericho. What four years ago? No, about seven, eight years ago. Was it that long? Yeah. Ago? Gosh, years are flying by. Yeah. Damn. Kenny was just a kid. That's right. Kenny's still a kid. Yeah. He'll always be a kid to me. So. Oh yeah. yeah. And one thing before we get started on this one, uh, my team, Lakeside Panthers, were going to the Elite Eight in high school basketball. We were four seed out of our region, and uh, we have a chance at greatness and uh, all that. We'll be in Gainesville, Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m., but this is a chance to be great, but since this is wrestling, we're about to go into greatness personified. And we just talked about two guys, we're not sure, if we, they have a name of Rick, and uh Lo and behold, in fact, two of our birthday boys and had probably one of the biggest rivalries with probably any match they had was instant classes. So we're going to go into a discussion on two of the greatest of all time, Ricky Steamboat and Rick Flair. And nice. uh, pretty much yeah. they hey, had... Actually, you know, everybody talk, real quick, I'm going to let you get in here, but you know, everybody talks about that great trilogy that we all oh, yeah. know about, positive the greats. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nobody really mentions that after that trilogy, they had a series of matches, of three matches that were... And then, like, they have had a rivalry in three, over three decades. Uh-huh. Yeah, some different, um, different... Yeah. Yeah. What's All right? involving the NWA, for the most part. That's right. They never had, they never really had, I mean, they even had, they even had, most people don't know, they even had a match in 94. But we're, we're the, but the, see, this is nostalgia. We go where the, where the classics were, you see. And the first time these two met was, uh, at a minute, the first meeting was in Mid Atlantic TV over the Mid Atlantic TV title, and on the 15th of June in 77, 
Steamboat wins the Mid-Atlantic TV title from Ric Flair. So that be, that was the beginning of a great rivalry. And I mean, they had plenty of matches. They wrestled over the U.S. title, winning in a time of two and all. It was beautiful. Some good matches. They even teamed up a time or two, did Ric Flair and Steamboat. And were a pretty good tag team, but their matches were so classy. Here's what's so classy, that Ricky Steamboat was in a bodybuilding competition. Decarb and wrestled a 60-minute Broadway with Ric Flair. That's how nice. intense the matches were. And, you know, and, and, and they, they always say, both of them always say, everybody thinks of those legendary main event matches. Oh, yeah. They always talk about how many times they wrestled that were better matches mm-hmm. than those well-known televised or pay-per-view matches. Oh, without a doubt. Their house show matches were... Most of what you hear is the house show classics. And looking through the list that we all have in our outline... It is amazing how many different times they wrestled, not just against each other, but in tag teams. What's events. amazing is we're talking about this trilogy, the big, huge rivalry they had. Both of these wrestlers have had like a half a dozen amazing rivalries with other people, too. Yeah. That's how big a legends they are and the right. whole grand spectrum of things. We just happen to be talking about them together because it's their birthday. I mean, so naturally their rivalries were great. Steamboat. Arguably, a lot of people say wrestled the best match ever fucking televised in WrestleMania three. Oh yeah, these dudes are legends. Yeah. Legends. I think that one stole the show at WrestleMania three. Forget Hogan and Andre. I thought the best match, <laughs> the best was, match was, was that was that match with Steamboat and Savage. It was how they just worked and how they just worked so well together. It's just amazing watching it. That's one you can watch it. All you modern people who are screwing the business. And screwing matches and playing wrestlers, Jim Cornette would say, you need to watch that match to learn how to put on a good match. That's and all I got to say. And learn to build up to it. You remember the bell? Oh, the yes, The bell, yes. he, he couldn't yeah. talk. And, the ring bell to the neck. Yeah, I mean, dude, the build up was six months. It was mm-hmm. great. I mean, Saturday Night Main Event, it sold tickets for that for four months. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. amazing. And the scary part about it is, while individually they had all these great rivalries against other people, a lot of championship matches and Mm -hmm. stuff, together, they they arguably have like three of the best all-time top matches, well, at least two of the top top ten all-time matches, possibly not only the greatest trilogy, but possibly two of the best trilogies. Of all time, if you consider the other one a trilogy of sorts. Yeah. So, But they don't even need that leg stand on for no. this movie. These two are just... Dude, Ric Flair is probably the greatest wrestler of my lifetime. If there was one mm-hmm. before him, I don't know. We haven't talked about him yet. But Ric mm-hmm. Flair, as his career's over, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. from, from start to beginning, greatest wrestler well, as Hogan, far as... Hogan will tell you in a heartbeat. You say Ric Flair, and what's first words out of Hogan's mouth? Uh-huh. Greatest wrestler ever. Yeah. Who is Ric Flair? Yeah. Ric Flair. Oh, well, at, he least he's, at least he's honest. Yes. And then and then Steamboat has what I think the best match I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. um, and who knows how many house show matches he had like that. So it's two of the best in the world ever. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, well, you know, um, um, uh, Steamboat will tell you that one of the reasons that Ric Flair is the greatest wrestler ever is because uh, Ric Flair has actually been on both sides of the, he's both he's been a heel and a face. Yeah. Steamboat has never done both sides of it. He's also been in every territory out there almost. Yeah. He's seen everything. He's done. Not yeah. not every wrestler could be allowed to do that. Shit. I mean, especially yeah. when you were. Here's the thing: when you were the in, back then, we're gonna go back in the, Japan. 
Yeah, because yeah, when you're the NWA and champion... keep his belt. Yeah. I mean, because you had the NWA keep the belt. You had to put a $25,000 deposit on the belt to drop it or keep it. And Flair... Apparently, the promoters love Flair. The board of directors love Flair so much. That's why he kept the belt. Yeah. Flair's just a business guy, man. You'd love to have him in your roster. It's like a football team. You'd love to have Brady. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a ticket-selling asshole. And a good mind. I mean, he's a, he's a lot to do I mean, a with, with Steamboat yeah. even yeah. being... Coming in in the first place, I mean, he he recognized Steamboat right off the bat in, in Mid Atlantic. Yeah. Basically, was said, "That's who I want to work with." Yeah, you know. And the boys loved him and took up for him. I mean, shit, what Arn Anderson get stabbed nine times for Ric Flair just yeah. like called him old. Uh-huh. <laughs> Didn't even question, you know, his in ring ability. Just yeah. said, "Hey, man, maybe first step aside, let some young tell what." That's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. You were telling you with the, the last time he came out of retirement for that one match. Yeah. Which you know? one? Ricky? Yeah, Ricky. Oh, yeah. Jericho? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was great. I mean, I mean, come on. people were saying, you still got it. And usually when somebody says, you still got it, you right. do a couple of moves, you still got it. Uh, no. It was a whole match. He still had it. Yeah, it was you like they mean? chanted for Lita, that women's Royal Rumble, after she did her back. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like holy crap. You know, Sting, when Sting came and, and you know, came, came back and wrestled Triple H. And they said, you still got it. Yeah, that was a decent match. Uh, yeah. Sting had a decent match. But Sting had been wrestling the whole time. Yeah. And still didn't have half as good of a match at that match as Steamboat when he came out after not wrestling for a while. Yeah. But that's just Steamboat. Yeah. And there's not yeah. so many people like that. So. And, and it's not really a case of whether you have the ability to do it. It's a case of whether you can show or play yeah. or pretend or pull off that you have the ability to do well, it. Exactly. He's you know? different than all of us, though. Like, he's just, he will die. He has the ability. The so. day before he dies, he'll be able to do stuff that 30 year olds can't do. More than likely. He's just fucking, he's always been that kind of well, I think I think one of the biggest shames is did I hear right a few years ago, you know, um, I saw Junior, Steamboat Junior, yeah. wrestle a few times, and one of the best. Indie wrestlers I'd ever seen, and, he, and then he went and what trained with um, WWE Race and Tudor, and just about the time that he was about to jump in, he got injured. Yeah, he is. I think he had done a couple of matches in NXT, but I think he had a training injury and had to get out of it. Oh my god, that the the matches I saw him wrestle, like I saw the he was on the card where yeah. uh, the Flair, uh, the Flair boys, where yeah. the, the one Flair boy had his debut and Hogan. Uh, refereed the match against the Nasty Boys. He was on that card, and probably the best. Yeah. I think he might have went against either the Man Scout or George South. Yeah, one of the two. George. Oh South. my goodness. Yeah. You know, and he's as another guy. I mean, I think I don't know if he still wrestles, but a few years ago he was kicking butt. And then uh, at Fan Fest, what like five six years ago, yeah. was it Mike Jackson that had the match? And people were like, mm-hmm. he was walking on the ropes. Mike Jackson. Yeah. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? You know, the old jobber from... When when you have a jobber from the early 80s... Was that, that, that is Yeah, that's way better than anybody on the WWE roster. Yeah. You have to wonder why he was a jobber in the first place, because he's still that good, or he was still that good a few years ago. I mean, he'd been mid-carter, as I said, it's been a mid-carter in Alabama, was a mid-carter and all that good stuff. He just... He was a businessman. He said, "All right, I'll work. I'm gonna, I want to help make the guy better. 
I want to work. And, I mean, here's the thing. Mike Jackson was a legitimate freestyle amateur wrestler. He was actually a PE teacher. He actually coached wrestling. He was a high school wrestling coach in Alabama. Sorry. All right, I guess we shouldn't get off track, though. So, yeah. But, but, but all right. Let's so back to uh, both Ricks. Let's also Rick's the, the Harley Race fucking Ric Flair, the Terry Funk Ric Flair, the... This Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. His whole good lord, man. If I had a dollar for every time he wrestled an hour, I'd pay my house off. That's legit true. So, and uh, Ricky Steamboat's also a workhorse. Yep, yep, he was. So yeah, Mid Atlantic, man. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the the confrontation right there at the interview podium, the wrestling. Winning the title on TV, yep. Which, you know, you didn't see. Kenny, Kenny doesn't remember this, but and Mike, ah, Mike, but you know, in the early '80s, you didn't see main event matches on TV, hardly ever. Mm-hmm. And if you did, they were quick and they didn't amount to anything but a lead up to the. You didn't see a, a title change yeah. on you TV. It's not that. like now when you turn on, when you go to like when you go to see a pay per view. And somewhere between the first, the last pay-per-view and the next pay-per-view, the two guys that are wrestling for the title, well, except for the Universal title, but <laughs> the two guys wrestling for the title meet like nine times in some combination of singles, uh, tag, yeah. tag, uh, energetic tag, something, you know, Royal Rumble, crap. I mean, now it's kind of like, oh, it's a pay-per-view, oh, they're wrestling again. Ye fucking hot. <laughs> That's right. right? Yeah. It's kind of like today. Um, while everybody's listening to this, there's a pay-per-view called Elimination Chamber. And it's the most boring-ass pay-per-view. I'm sorry, I mean, some people love it. Elimination Chamber? Yeah, I mean, like a giant cage match? It's the pod thing, uh, where they all sit, and I've never sat through a whole entire one. The matches leading up to it, I'm not going to knock those, you know what I mean? Yeah. But up to that, I just it's never gotten over with me. You know what I mean? I think it's just a raw thing, too. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing, and Will can help us out with this, too. So, Will, who is the proud owner of the Elimination Chamber idea? Because he's very proud of it. Oh, man. Are we going to stump him? Is it Roman Reigns? No. <laughs> Now and, and he, he's had a few interviews recently where he's like, "My proudest moments, or one of my proudest moments." Is that Eric Bischoff. Yeah, it's Bischoff, isn't it? Bischoff. Yep, it is. Yeah. So I, had, well, I, had, I, I, could, I was just doing process of elimination, yeah, which right, is the is. theory of my life. I never say that. Yeah, you're typing elimination and elimination chamber is the first thing that pops up. Nice. Well, I mean, it's coming up, so it's it's hot shit right now. So. All right, you know, here we, here we go again. We're going to... The Ricks. Come on, well, back to the Ricks. Tell right. us about the Ricks, man. Sorry. Oh, man. Uh, the one thing we keep talking about, too, we've talked about the great matches, but the one... The, the trilogy that Stonia yeah. mentioned earlier was huge, and this was right after the buyout with Turk. This is probably a hottest moment, and this is pre-Jim Hur, right before he came on board and screwed the WCW up, NWA up. <laughs> and uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about the late 80s. I love late 80s. The late 80s. Damn. 
1989. Oh, it was a little bit past. Well, you were born by now, at least. That was, that was the year Taylor Swift was born. Oh, God. She, she made really? an album about it. Really? Yeah. But here's the thing. <laughs> they sold it. it. it well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Ladies, let's, let's paint the picture. Right? 70s were all right. Where it's at. Let's, let's paint the picture. Yeah, man. Late 80s. All right, Mike, help me out here. Late 80s. Appetite for Destruction. A baddest ass rock album of my lifetime. Released mm-hmm. since the day I was born in 77. All right, so, so pre grunge. Yep. Oh, yeah. Right? So, oh, yeah. What, uh, I'm trying to think late 80s. Cinderella. Are you, are you trying to do some pop culture? Yeah, I'm just trying to come up with some good pop uh, culture. Hair bands. You hair know, bands. Poison. But, 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 but the hair bands are kind of falling out, so it's a little too. bit more better quite, hair bands. Yeah, that's like, that's they're like still there, but they're starting to slowly. Headbangers Ball. Headbangers Ball. Kurt, Kurt Cobain appeared on the couch in a banana suit in like 92, and yeah. that was fucking it. Yeah. Yeah. I started uh-huh. thinking about uh, Cannibal Corpse 2 and the Mutilated, but that was 92. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but late eighties, great time. Oh, yeah. a, lot, a lot of Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. Um, he had made his. The, the Steiners were coming up. Yeah. Um, Scott was the young one. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. 89, 88, 89. Great, yeah. great, great, great. Poison. Great time for. Yep. Oh, I just said that. Poison. You couldn't get any bigger than Motley Crue and Poison in the late eighties. No, no. They never really did a tour together, but the shows they did together, they could only do those shows because those places held like forty thousand motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crew and Poison. I would put Bon Jovi up there with those. Those as far as sellout tours and that oh, yeah. time. Uh, Van Halen was kicking a lot of ass in the late eighties. Came through Augusta. Van Hagar. Late eighties. Came yeah. through Augusta. Sold out. Yeah. Uh, David Lee Roth's solo career was kicking a lot of ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, Kiss, David Lee Roth, and yeah. pretty much were the two rock yeah. acts that kept coming to Augusta on a regular basis. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's good because hey, David Lee Roth, he might have been in a band with Van Halen, but then he jumped in a band with Steve fucking Vaya. And if you saw him live, I didn't yeah. get to see. I didn't live here then. And that band's, work, that band's working on doing a, an actual one-off reunion show, hey. like all the the Van Halen band. Oh really? With the Bissonette, bro. I think uh, the Bissonette. Oh wow! On drums, uh, oh. Billy Sheehan, Billy Sheehan's a uh, Vi and um, and Dave. Oh, so, wow. uh, the John, three of them did a show not too long ago. Uh, Sasha and Vi and Petrucci are doing the G three again this year. There you go. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. All right, so we've set the scene. It's the late eighties. Flash, balls, button your fly jeans, button Uh fly jeans, Super Mario Brothers three. There you go. That's right. Video games. (laughs) Going to the mall is still popular. Yep. There you go. Slap bracelets. The like fluorescent clothing. Like yep. we're jams. We're we're right. we're coming. Temper keeper and jams. We're coming California to the right, so cool. right, right around the time of the 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 third segment of the original Star Wars trilogy, part three, four, four, five, and six. I never got into that. I was watching Doogie Howser. Love that stuff. Yeah, so, very different things. Wonder Years and Diggy. I was in a sitcom. There you go. Yeah, very good. This was great. Wanda Plan from them. Uh, Doogie Howser and Winnie Cooper from the Wonder Years. Full House. Full DJ. House. Oh yeah, Topanga. Oh, yeah. And that's a boy yes. as well, man. Topanga, man. All right, so we've set the scene. Go ahead. All right, and, uh, there was some Eddie Gilbert. He was having some issues with the Four Horsemen, Ric Flair, and all of them. So he says, "I'm going on WCW Saturday night." He says, "I'm going to get a. I need a mystery tag partner." So we're all watching. The WCW Saturday Night World Championship Wrestling Reading the Popcorn Chips where they're like, ooh, who's this mystery partner? And there's like, okay, and then Ric Flair gets to talk, talk Stark and Jughead. He goes, here's my mystery partner. And lo and behold, the place, the music hits, and there he is, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And we all spit our Pop Rocks out at once. 
That's right, we did. And then it was like, and you're like, you're like, oh my god, it's Ricky Steamboat, and there's something big's gonna happen with him and Flair. So they have the tag match, and Steamboat crossbody block pins Ric Flair, and it leads to so much stuff. Oh yeah, we're gonna have a big old match coming. So on the fifteenth of on February fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine, they have the contract signing, and this leads to a match for the world heavyweight title. And they sign, and they have the match at. Which will lead to the next from the Shy Town Rumble, which was about a thirty-minute classic. Wasn't was the contract signing? Was that when like uh, like Steamboat like stripped? Yeah, Flair. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. that's right. See, that's where Rick got it from. Yeah, yeah. Steamboat like stripped him. Right. He goes, I kind of like this. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. So. And then they had a about a thirty-minute match, and he pinned him with the quote-unquote cross body block one, two, three. Steamboat had the green tights. Flair wore the red trunk, so it looked like a Christmas tree match. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, the crowd was live, and Steamboat wins the NWA World Title. And then one, the match I remember the most out of the trilogy was on free TV. It also went face to face against WrestleMania on pay per view that day. Free TV, Clash of the Champions in New Orleans. Uh, Steamboat and Flair have a best two out of three falls match, and it was a classic. Uh, Steamboat took two out of the three falls. They was they split the first fall, I think. Yeah. Flair won the first fall, and Steamboat with a classic chicken wing submission. It's about forty minutes into the match, and then uh, Flair submits. And I remember the finish was a small package to finish Flair, and I think there was maybe about two or three minutes left of that match, pretty much. Uh, they had another match they threw out, but they kept that one because that match was long. And you talk about. For a 12-year-old kid, at the t- an 11-year-old at the time, I was like, wow, what a match. This is good stuff. This is very exhilarating stuff watching it. So, And right now, we're watching Wrestle War, and the, the, the rubber match of this awesome trilogy is going to happen soon. And uh, actually, I, I mean, you've seen it, and I'm going to have to give away to finish on free TV or pay-per-view. It does not matter. <laughs> Flair wins back the title. From Steamboat, a very classic match, and Steamboat fought, tried to do the crossbody, tried to do a finisher, but he really sold the leg being worked on by Flair at that time. Steamboat was one of the best sellers. Yeah, he really sold his leg being worked on. That's what was so good about watching that match. And then history comes. It's like after the match, you have Terry Funk comes. He goes, Flair, can I get a shot at the title, Flair? Do I get a shot? He goes, he goes, hey, pal, you've been in Hollywood for 10 years. You haven't earned it. He goes, Flair, I want a shot. So Terry Funk gets pissed off and pal drives him on the table. <laughs> yeah. So therefore, bringing in Terry Funk. And that was before we had those like weak-ass particle board tables. Yeah. tables. Scored in the middle. Yeah. Hey, real quick, let's give it for even our own Kenny and our younger people. Clash of the Champions. It was a unique... In between a regular program and pay-per-view. There's never been nothing like it. There never will be anything like it again now that the network's out. Mm -hmm. But what Clash of the Champions was, was every three months, I think we had four a year, um, we would have this big, huge thing on TBS. I think it might have been on TNT a couple times. um, But I think that was just due to basketball. But it was uh, huge. It was like... Almost a starcade or star, you know what I mean? And it was that caliber. Titles changed hands. It was big. It was more promo was put into it weeks out, maybe a month out. Um, that was one of the things on the side of the CNN Center you could see riding through downtown Atlanta, previews for the next Cap Clash of Champions. It was real cool. 
Um, the ticket to it was no more than a ticket to a regular Nitro or a house show. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it was uh, real cool. If there was any way to kind of bring that back, that'd be cool. But now they have, like, a pay-per-view every damn... Jesus, man. We yeah, got like two, every two weeks. We got two brands, like. too. So, like, <laughs> we got Elimination Chamber today. And then what are we... What's the next one? Do you happen to know for SmackDown? Um, I'm not quite... I'm not right sure on what SmackDown I'm sorry, I'm not keeping up, up with it, but it's in like two or three weeks um, yeah. from today. Uh huh. So I forget what it is, but there, this kind of melted down the thing. But Clash of Champions was so great because you only had three, no, you only have four big pay per views a year per WWE and WCW. Really. That's right, man. And then uh, they uh, they both got to where they had one a month. Yeah. But the Clash of Champions was this thing that was free. It was a pay-per-view, but it was free. You didn't have to buy it. Because yeah. at the time, every pay-per-view was forty nine ninety nine. I mean... And not, every, and not everybody had access to be able to watch pay-per-view. In the, no, in the late 80s, not everybody had yeah, pay-per-view dollars, yeah. man. Late it. 80s, that's a lot of money. That was like one-fifth like of my parents' income. Jones Inner Cable. We grew up yeah. on a farm oh, yeah. poor. Yeah, that's kind of hard as a kid to say, hey, mom. Yeah. You know? $50, do you not want school clothes yeah, this year? that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what was cool is, like, uh, no for Christmas some of them, yeah. like the Augusta one, you know, I I yeah. didn't get to watch it on TV because I was there. They have since. But the next night after, uh, they, the next night, I, I believe, like, uh, after Nitro or, yep. or, or, or the next, the, one or two nights later, they actually showed it again yeah. on TV. So TBS could actually watch it again, you know? So That's right, man. And that's what was cool during the Monday Night Wars was USA would play Monday Night Raw. And after Monday Night Raw went off, they had other programming that USA got. Like now they have the Chrisley Knows Best or either the Shooter or yep. whatever. And at the time, TBS, Ted Turner owns it. So after Nitro went off, the very last thing where it would say copyright bottom and it would go off with a big suspense moment, you would see the lightning bolts and the paper going down the road because it was coming right back on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you, 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 yeah. didn't have, you didn't have to compete. You could, you, watch, you could watch Raw and then stay up and watch the exactly. other Exactly. And I did. Right. Even yeah. if I had school. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd stay up and watch it because we didn't have DVRs back then. No. You didn't have to sit there and go, put a recorder on a VHS. Well, you could, but like back then... Cable in every room is something that's a thing today. Yeah, <laughs> before fact, the 90s, I wouldn't really... Yeah, there was like one it. TV that was an off-air, and when we got cable when I was 13, um, it was in one room. So if I wanted to record Clash of Ch- or whatever, that's all fine and well and good, but if my parents want to watch TV after I, my bedtime, guess what? They're not going to just watch what I want them to record. So it was a struggle, yeah. man. It was a yep. struggle. Yep. All right, Will. All right, I mean, just uh, the fact that um, here's another thing, too. They actually, um, not only have we had a trilogy, but most people do not realize the match. I think it was like they won the held up in the WCW world title or whatnot. Flair won the international title, and I think he unified it with Steamboat, I think. I'd look it up, but still, they had another classic match with Flair and Steamboat, 94. Most people don't talk about that one. That still was another match. Steamboat was kind of in, in the near the end of his career. Flair's still going high. He's still he's still Flair. And I mean the fact that even though Steamboat's taking lesser role, it's just something he's at that lesser role. 
and him and Flair still at the high level. It's just something about putting those two together where they would have a high quality match. And yes, this was a couple of months before Hogan had come and they had a, yeah. another classic. It was at the Class of Champions, I think. I think it had been either at the Clash or somewhere. I don't remember exactly where, but it was in 94 and they had a classic match. And it was just like every time you would see, it goes back to another team, you see the Midnight during the Herd era and all that good stuff. They wrestled the Rock and Roll Express or somebody. And they would have the best match on the card every time. And then once again, Flair and Steamboat won the main event but it was the best match on the card. And, and everybody this, knew it that booked it. Yeah. And I mean, three different decades they wrestled. The 70s they wrestled. The 80s. But no one talks about their meeting in 90, their little matches in 93, 94. But I'm bringing it here today. And those were good matches. So they wrestled three different decades. Storyline, three different decades. That's how good these two wrestlers were. If you can have a storyline feud in three different decades, how many wrestlers have you do that today? And, and realistically speaking, they done. were they were both they were both still available to wrestle wrestle in the millennium. They yeah. could have mm-hmm. figuratively they could have they could have met for they they, they could have gone a, a fourth decade. Even if it was one match. Sure. And I, I want to say, Will, I think the venue that you're talking about they had the matches in was when they were taping down in um, Florida, in uh, Orlando. Yeah, worldwide. Yeah, the, yeah, that's right. And um, what's, what's kind of crazy is literally next door, I say next door, but mm-hmm. studio warehouse over, Hogan was filming that. Thunder in Paradise. Yeah, oh yeah, like literally right beside wrestling. What's the chances of that? But yeah, they were. They were putting on those matches, and um, dude, they both have. They both don't have enough money in their banking account to to kind of equate to how much they drew over their careers. Probably not. I mean, there's no way. I know Flair does. No. Yeah, but I think even though Steamboat was smarter with his money than Flair was. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was getting to. He was probably. definitely smarter with his money than Flair. I wouldn't be surprised if Steamboat has his first check in a frame somewhere. <laughs> he probably does. He probably does. They say he was Owen Hart tight on the road too. Well, you know, and, and another thing you know that they kind of had in common is you know uh, they were both very successful in NWA, but they were also very very successful in WWF as well. Yeah, that's right. You oh, know, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. they they had some classic rivalries and matches in both. I would say Steamboat probably drew more money for Vince, but only because. Rick was calling his own money shots down for years with Crockett and uh, Turner and all those guys. He was the one carrying the shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were both just, just great. Now, there's no telling how much money Vince made off of Rick and Steamboat. Yep. Well, we know how mm. awesome they were in the South. WCW, NWA. Um, of course, Steamboat also... You know, early on as NWA tag team champion. Oh yeah. So, but uh, starting with you, Will. Uh huh. You think um, some of their uh, some of their individual rivals uh, up north, their time in the WWF. Mm-hmm. They did have the one common factor, Randy Savage. Yeah. That was a huge win of fact. Randy Savage was huge. Um, oh. Um, that was the big one because he he put on five star matches that Flair had the, they had a fairly 
good match at WrestleMania 8. Flair and uh, Savage, uh, Savage won the title. And then uh, you had the WrestleMania 3 with Ooh. Savage and Steamboat. Heck of a, heck of a contest. Um, I can't really think of any other uh, feud storyline they could have had. Because uh, Steamboat was primarily a face, Flair being primarily heel. So that was really their only common opponent they had yeah. in storyline-wise. But, I mean, Flair put... Flair, I mean, heck, even... Steamboat he made Luger look like a million bucks. They both well. Right. Here's one good thing. Here's another thing. Flair and Steamboat right. had in common. They made Lex Luger looks like he could halfway wrestle. Yeah, yeah. Both of them could. Yeah. So you know, I, I would say one one thing. You know, you're talking about uh, uh, Flair being the greatest ever, and and how you can kind of balance out and put Steamboat up there, mm-hmm. right next to him with him never being a heel. Well. If you really think of Flair, Flair is really known for being the greatest ever for holding world titles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Steamboat is known for holding a couple of world titles, but some of the more prestigious, lesser-known Intercontinental Championships. I don't really TV think, Championships. Uh, I don't really synonymously put him with titles like I do, Rick. Yeah. I still put him as great, but... No, I was just kind of like, like Piper. You know what I mean? No. Just a great, great guy. And he didn't need to be world champion to get over. No. Piper. But another thing about Flair and Steamboat, they both were world tag champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows uh, Steamboat was a tag partner with Paul Jones in the NWA. And also, uh, the most co- the most well-known was his tag team with Jay Youngblood. He was also champion tag champs with Dustin Rhodes and Shane Douglas. Flair was world tag champs with Blackjack Mulligan and Greg Valentine. No. So he was with, I mean, they had pretty good, great wrestlers as that tag team. So, I mean, it made the other wrestler better, but they had that. And even, and here's the thing, one world tag title that Ricky Steamboat never held was the WWE tag title. I know it's North, but Flair did. He won it with Piper. Back in 2007. And that was the only world title off the top here Piper ever won. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can you can still look at, at Steamboat and mm-hmm. when you have that list of uh, of the greatest intercontinental champions mm-hmm. from, from WWF, back when that title was worth it, crap. Yeah. He is he is right up there at the top. Oh yeah. It's not a honky talk man, but I mean oh. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. And originally, Steamboat was supposed to drop the title to Butch Reed, but then Butch Reed just decided not to go show up, and he said, let's drop, we'll put the title on Honky Tonk Man. Old Butch Reed. Hacksaw Butch Reed, the natural Butch Reed, Doom Butch Reed, whatever you want to call him. Met him at the Fan Fest 11 years ago. Class act. Butch Reed was a class act. Speaking of... uh. Lex Luger, here's my boy, uh, Michael P.S. Hayes. Getting a little bit extra push for the. There's for the Terry win. Bam Bam Glory. I say pushed him. I should knock that foot off, get that. He was probably like. Okay. He's I'm like, I'm not supposed to. You're <laughs> supposed to. We're supposed to keep the foot off the rope, damn it. Alright, so. Um, so, guys, let's let's go ahead and, and and let's put our vote in the trilogy. This is what started it all. I think I think Will's pretty determined that match number two is his was his favorite. Yeah. 
What do you say, Mike? Match number two was great. Um, no, because people didn't think there'd be a three. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, so, when three came, it was great. It turned out to be better than most people thought because they were like, okay, another match. They definitely could not not tune in. But um, I'd have to go with two, two. Yeah. Just for the fact that even though it may not be the best, it just we're remembering back to the nostalgia late 80s. So I just remember the build up and excitement. You know, it was a lot more for that yeah. one. You know, even though like some of the Mike Tyson fights, the build up and excitement was better, but they lasted 13 seconds, and we don't remember them now. Yeah, I would have to go with <clears throat> even though back then I was pulling for uh, for Steamboat. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to go for three as far as a match is concerned. Um, from mm-hmm. what I can remember, because just the, the the anticipation for that match and, and how it ended and and you know you wondered you thought it was going to continue yeah and it was going to keep going on and back then people didn't lose main events didn't you know main event champions lasted a little longer than just yeah so you know a few matches but, but you didn't think of it as as just a few matches if you really look back on it you're talking about a few months you know, so. I'm humble, I'm mixed in, humble in the match. There you go. So, um. The Iron Shrek. So, so we've already, we've already made the determination that Flair and Steamboat, probably at least two of those matches, and maybe another one, probably make the top 20 of all-time greatest matches, as mentioned by writers and all this other stuff. Of course, that's open to debate. Nah, that's the fun. It's open to debate. So, let's take them apart just for a second, and and, and let's see like how big that is. Flair's best opponent, best match. Period. Dude, All time. So hard. It is very. Damn, you got to prep for three days on a question like that. Dude, that dude's like four decades long. Oh, come on, man. Spur of the moment. You can do it. Dude, man, I remember. I don't even know where half these places. I just know they were in the Carolinas. The, probably one with Harley Race would be. Or them two bloody sons Lord of bitches. Yeah, that, yeah. That'd be, that's definitely that bloodbath. Is that the yeah. one? That would probably that be. That was. Why was Flair for the gold? Man. Yeah. Uh, God, they wrestled so many times for 60 minutes. But, I mean, I think I think my favorite is probably oh, Dusty winning the title off of him. Yeah, the see, time. there was so many Dusty, the whole Dusty. Are you talking about Dusty dust winning the title off set in 79? Yeah. yeah. You're talking about fucking storyline feuds. They had like eight, you know? Yeah. Oh, what about Steamboat? Oh. A little bit easier, maybe? Pick hmm. Steamboat's best match? I mean, it, it's, if, if it, for me, it goes down to two matches. I mean, him winning the world title from Flair in 89 is a great one. Then Savage and Steamboat, but... I mean, I'm going to have to go... Nice. <laughs> Pulled up a Russell Moore shirt on nice. eBay. Nice. <laughs> Who are you going with? I'm on, I'm, I gotta go. I mean, because... I don't know, just re- reliving it and still remembering the match. I didn't really remember the Steamboat Savage much as match, but I, the one I remember seeing off him was the Chi-Town Rumble with, Flint, with uh, Steamboat... I'm going to have to go with uh, that Steamboat beating Flair for the title the first time because reason being, Flair hadn't lost the title in so long and nobody would have thought Flair lost the title. Mm-hmm. That was what the appeal was at that time. I didn't know about the storyline appeal and all that, but nobody would have expected Flair to lose the title. Yeah. 
for that. I think for me, I think uh, I think it would have to be Steamboat Flair, but I think it would also be my favorite match of the trilogy, which is the third one. But uh, one of my favorites for Steamboat that we haven't even talked about was actually Steamboat against Jake the Snake Roberts, WWF. Ooh, yeah, um, one of them coming out with the the big giant lizard. One of them coming out with the big giant snake. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was some good stuff, too, so. Y'all, yeah, I was trying to find, if y'all noticed in the crowd, everybody has white Russell War 89 shirts on. I was looking to see if any of those made it through the years and was online for sale, and no. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see it anywhere. Like, well, you know what? You could probably always get those custom made. Dude, there's, they had to hand them out free as many people oh, as shoot, had Oh, shoot, yeah, them. man. Like, if you had bought it with your money, you would have bought a Sting or a... You know what I mean? They built this up so much that I'm. I'm it looks like the first what thousand people got a free shirt at least. So you think those would have made it somewhere? You probably see them at a flea market in Greensboro, North Carolina, or something like a that. A Goodwill. Hey, look, that Brony Sting just won the title. You know, for the title. Hey, he, he was the cha- a, he was think, the champion. When you think of Iron Sheik, you definitely do not think WCW. No. And he was there a longer time than you realize. Yeah. Yeah. Because he actually, here's another thing about the Sheiky, about Sheiky Baby. He was the NBA Mid-Atlantic champion, so he wrestled in Crockett in the late 70s. Very good. All right, so, birthday boys, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. The best belt ever. I love that belt. Looks like he's getting ready to go. Lose his belt. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Go team up with the Power Rangers. There you go. Go, go, Power Rangers. All right, anything else that you want to say about Flair Steamboat? Just classic. Any wrestling, I mean, wrestling fans, there are going to be so many matches, but I love the Flair Steamboat. I love Flair Steamboat. Uh, That's my favorite set of matches and all that good stuff. So, I mean, if you're trying to get into wrestling, let's watch those two. It's better than the Mudhole Championship Wrestling and the, the Invisible Ninja. What the heck is that? It's not as classic. This is classic. Invisible Ninja, a guy wrestling himself. Come on. There you go. I mean, that's stupid. Thank you, Cornette, for putting the crap, that, that, that admitting this crappy wrestling out there. There you go. But the fact that this is classic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Well, you had mentioned something when we were talking about this show that you wanted to talk about, and, and I, th- I think there's a reason for it. You kind of wanted to touch a little bit on underdogs before we got out of here. Yeah, and the fact that underdog is, you have them in wrestling, you had the giant, giant killer, but the big underdog I'm talking about is, I mentioned it before, is the fact that, as you know, I'm the coach, Coach Will Wheeler, uh, the coach at Lakeside, the football and the basketball teams, and the boys' basketball team at Lakeside, for the first time in school history, and probably in the first time in nearly 50 years, a Columbia County's boys' basketball team has made it deep in the state playoffs. And Lakeside will be playing in the Elite Eight for Georgia 6A, Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m. at Gainesville High. And uh, we're going to tie in wrestling to that. And that was, the, that was the place where Tommy Rich lost the NWA world title to Harley Race in Gainesville, Georgia. And where did he win it? And run it, won it in Augusta, Georgia. So, That's right. Tommy That's Rich... Right. We, we're going to revenge. We're going. I'm going to avenge your title loss for you, brother. There what do you, you think about that, Tommy Rich? Oh man, that'd be awesome. Hey man, you got a lower tab because I'm going to need to get through that whole thing, man. Right. I'm going to go watch that basketball game, but God, I'm going to have to blow my suitcase up in there, you know. Damn. All right, Tommy Rich. Thank you very much. Um, that would. I think you would be a look great. At look at that. Nips. 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 <laughs> 
plastic surgery. <laughs> covered, 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 covered nips. Space nips Mountain. Covered, covered, covered <laughs> nips. Covered. <laughs> Beautiful for 1989, man. Well, let me tell you, when I was 12 years old watching this, I was probably like, nips. Look at that hair on the right. Yeah, yeah hair on the right. That's like a that's just like a Barbie up there. Look at that. Yeah. That dare hair. That dare hair, man. Yeah. Oh my God. We have a we have Olivia Newton John next to her. No, <laughs> that's right, man. Hey, I had two sisters. I can do that to this day. I can tell you that I saw it every morning. I had to go use my parents' bathroom in there every morning before school. They just sit there and wow. curl it out to here, spray it, mm-hmm. let go, let go down through here, done. I could not. I don't, I'm so shallow. I could never spend that much time. Well, so so will. Yeah. Greatest underdog ever. Aside from Rocky and Rudy. Oh, man. Uh, Wayne Corbett. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't, I, I'm don't. i going to have to go. I got to go with Kurt Warner, man. The football player. I mean, non- non-drafted player. Works at the Hy-Vee grocery store. Scrounges gas money just to keep his dream of playing football alive. He works hard. Gets in arena football. And he gets signed by the... Uh, he gets signed by the... Um, Iowa Born Stormers, and he plays an NFL year. Then he goes to the Rams. He's a third string quarterback in '98. And the fact of the matter is, he—you wouldn't think he was going to happen. Then the Rams are hyped up. They're hyped up with Trent Green as the quarterback. Then a preseason game against the Chiefs in '89. Trent Green injures his knee, and here he is. Kurt Warner has moved up to the number two slot. He comes up, and they go, "Who is Kurt Warner?" Who's Kurt Warner? This Kurt Warner is going to lead the Rams into the ground. They're not going anywhere. But as the regular season permitted, Kurt Warner's putting up astronomical numbers. They're like, who is this guy? Who is this guy putting up these numbers? They get his story. You find out he's a man of faith, man, a Christian, never gave up. And also, he just keeps putting these big numbers up. He keeps playing. Wins the Super Bowl. And he's a Super Bowl MVP. And it's like, okay, it's a one-season fluke, but... He has consistent seasons of 4,000 yards passing. And then after a few years, he's a backup in New York. Oh, he's, he's washed up. He's finished. Then 2008-2009 season, the quarterback gets hurt. He's the backup. Kurt Warner leads the Arizona Cardinals to a Super Bowl. Granted, they lost to the Steelers, but the fact that he did something rare, an underdog. He's in the Hall of Fame because he led. Two, he had the numbers. Two different teams to the Super Bowl. What about Jim Plunkett? What about Nick Foles, you bastard? That too. Yeah, what about Jim Plunkett? <laughs> Jim Plunkett was like a washed oh, up Warner. dude, what went to the Raiders. Yeah, and he won what, two Super Bowls. What about Doug Williams? He was uh, became the first black quarterback yep. to win a Super Bowl that with too. Washington Redskins after flunking out with the original Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's right. And then what about Nick Foles? Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna every week. Oh man, dude, sorry it ends here. Oh man, sorry, dude. Ever since Carson Wentz hit his shoulder to the ground, underdog. How many times has the underdog beat Tom Brady? Not many. Well, can't even say Eli. There was one year that the Braves. Remember that stretch where the Braves. Like, I, we're hot every year, I and I think like the year Worst before they first. won. Worst of first. And the year before they finally won. Uh-huh. They took on, a, was it the Phillies? 
in the and NLCS. The Phillies had like no names on their and they team. They won the NLCS, and they they spanked the Braves, and I believe they went on to win the World Championship. And they got, and actually they, they lost to the Blue Jays. Did the Phillies they? still have Dale Murphy at that time? No, I think he's retired. He's been since retired. But the Phillies had nobody. They had outcast in bad boys, but they had a team, and they had Mitch Williams, who had a mullet right. and probably drank a beer before every game. If you ever saw what Mitch Williams looked like, he had a curly mullet. And he looked like he probably drank Pat's Blue Ribbon before every game. Probably had a can of Pat's in the dugout before he went to pitch. There you go. Who knows? My defensive Nick. Hence why they called him. Hence why they called him Wild Thing. And uh, in defense of Nick, my favorite meme has been um, I saw this posted by a buddy of mine, Marcos from Rebel Line, and he's a huge Patriots fan. But he posted this thing. It was like raise. It was Tom Brady with his hand up like this on the sideline, and it said, "Raise your hand if you got beat in the Super Bowl by a backup quarterback." <laughs> All right, I'm good. Uh, he just doesn't like the uh, NFC East, right? Is that yeah. Tom Brady? Tom Brady? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, sees, he, sees, he sees those quarterbacks in his nightmare. Uh, maybe next year Tom Brady will lose to the Cowboys or something. I doubt So come on, who's the underdog in video games? Come on, really quick before we get out of here. Oh, Lord, I, I was thinking more along the lines of Napoleon Dynamite as an underdog. Very cool. Okay, it's, there you go. <laughs> He's got sweet ninja skills. He sure is. <laughs> and he had a very short-lived animated series that should have gone past like six episodes. But it didn't. There you go. Can so. you get your nunchucks out of my locker? There you go. <laughs> I can't fit my bow staff in there. Well, come on. There can't be possibly a bigger underdog, a better, a bigger, least likely person to be a world-famous international star than Phil Collins. Who at one time practically ruled the airwaves and has has like he just said possibly the greatest air drum roll in history. Uh, no. And, oh, yeah. and he probably didn't eat, and here's the scary part. American Treasure. He started out as one of the greatest drummers ever, and he probably didn't even play the drums on that roll. Yeah. That's the scary part. Yeah, Alright, well, as we are watching this Wrestle War eighty nine match between Flair and Seamboat and they're slapping the piss out of each other. I guess it's time we should get out of here. Any, anything else you got to say about this before we go, Will? Um, just just, just, just classic wrestling. It just makes, takes it back to when wrestling was wrestling. I mean, these this is what how wrestling should have been with these two. That's how you had a wrestling match was Flair and Steamboat. What do you think about the PG product, though? <laughs> okay, I'm not going to pull a joke over here. <laughs> I, 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 I think the PG product is very Joe. Yeah, Joe's oh, Joe's God. Joe Coast Pico. He's oh, SPG. Yeah. You know what I think about the PG product? It's too JC for me. <laughs> it's too JC. <laughs> That's right. It is. And I can say that, right? I can say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus. all right. What about? Well, you know what? I guess you don't need any last words because you're going to close it out for us. So, the trilogy. To me, the three greatest combination of matches ever, in my opinion. The greatest rivalry ever, in my opinion. So, Kenny? I mean, with most trilogies, the second one's, like, better than the first, and the third one's, like, not as good as the other two, or maybe on par with the first. So, yeah. (laughs) And unlike Star Wars, where the second trilogy, actually, which was the first trilogy, (laughs) it sucks. (laughs) Every era of Flair Steamboat was awesome. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And they all deserve a woo, 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 
I'm on ice. You finish up. Woo! That means we're done. Bye. Bye, man. What's up? Where, where do they catch us? Oh, man. At uh, gwhnewsandnotes.blogspot.com or facebook.com slash, I think it's GWHTV Talk Podcast. Something like that. I don't know. Some, some, some variation of that. You'll find us. Um, yeah, check out the other shows on the GWH News Network. Got Peach State, Pandemonium. Sometimes. Yeah. And the Tuesday Night stuff. Yeah. Got some live stuff in there. So, and, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I guess the next VPW show is almost April a something. less than two months away. Yeah, April so. 14th, I think, was what he said. So, and hopefully we'll bring you uh, another live interview guest here pretty soon. Mike's working on that. Yep. And the, the tipping point's been pretty good lately for our camaraderie on the GWH thing. Oh, yeah. That's been pretty good. Josh wants to come back and talk to us before the next show. Oh, so sweet. we'll probably see him again here in a week or two. There you go. Sweet. All right. Awesome. You guys have a great week. Peace. Be safe. Use your turn signal. Don't let anybody die. I'm <laughs> <laughs>